0: Hallelujah. You know, we, we love we love the Lord and we love people. We want to be known by our love. Hallelujah. Are you happy? Uh, you've got every reason to be. God is for you. Who can be against you? And he wants you to know and experience his love. He wants you to know and experience what it is to live inside his love. I want to share a little bit more about that uh, tonight. But just as we were talking and, and listening to some of the prophetic words and hearing the words that the Lord's been speaking, you know, I was thinking about the scripture, sing, O barren, you who've not born. And, you know, that's actually asking somebody to get emotionally happy about something they haven't yet seen. It's actually letting your emotions go there before you've even seen it happen. It's actually being joyful about what hasn't yet taken place. I keep hearing the Lord saying over and over again that he is the God who calls those things that be not as though they are. And as we begin to, to agree with God and say, yes, Lord, and actually let ourselves hope again and to dream and to get, a, a give ourselves permission to enter into the joy of what God is is doing, of what God has promised, and to begin to sing in our own hearts about the destiny and the plans that he has for us I believe we are going to be opening up the gateways of our hearts to let the King of Glory come in and show us the way forward Amen? Now we're going to have to do something and that means what we're going to have to do is you're going to have to be a little bit more vocal because the the, uh, fans are quite loud and you sound quite subdued so I'm going to say it again we need to get happy about what, what God is about to do. Hallelujah. That's better. Praise the Lord. Sing over in you who've not born. I do believe that it's not just a good thing to do. I believe it's a key for your breakthrough this year. That you actually start thinking about it. What do you, what do you desire in your heart? You know, the Lord's saying, he, he's looking for it. What are you desiring? What are you wanting? What, what's he put inside your heart? Let your heart go there and start to say, thank you, Lord. What's it going to look like? And start to walk around inside the dream before it's happened. Start to, to let yourself actually emotionally start to engage with, what's it going to be like when? Hallelujah. What's it going to feel like When? When I see the quadriplegic jump up and dance. Mm. What's it going to feel like when I, and imagine it, see it, let yourself begin to walk around on the inside of that. You know, imagine if you went to bed each night, instead of letting your mind go over the latest plot from the movie you might have seen, to Spending 15 minutes walking around the inside of the dreams that God's put on the inside of your heart so that you go to bed thinking about what's it going to be like. might be difficult to go to sleep then, but it is a good thing, hallelujah, to dream the dreams of God, to talk about the things that he's doing, to call those things that be not as though they are. Because I tell you, I've seen it work over and over and over again. About 10 years ago, when I, um, or probably longer, maybe even 15 years ago, I was waking up in the mornings and I had really stiff knuckles. And I I began to panic and think, oh no, when I woke up the first morning, my knuckles were all stiff. I immediately thought about my mum, who had really bad arthritis in her fingers and all the swollen joints, she wasn't able to wear her rings or anything like that. And my first thought was, oh no, I hope I'm not getting arthritis like mom. And then I recognized what I was thinking. I thought, what on earth are you thinking? Stop it. That is not a God thought. You have to react to thoughts like that as though an intruder has walked into your bedroom. You wouldn't be passive about it if someone just walked into your room, a stranger, right? there'd be a reaction. There should be a reaction in you when you start to recognize thoughts that aren't flowing from the throne. And I went, oh, that's not right. So immediately I took captive that thought and I said, no. And I replaced it deliberately with a thought about what it's going to be like as a 90-year-old woman to be playing the piano and wearing my rings and having very supple fingers. And then I got up and went about my day. And the next morning I woke up and my knuckles are really stiff again. And I went, Mm-mm. no, because the thoughts had to come, oh, I think you're getting arthritis. And I'm like, no, I'm not even going there, devil. Thank you, Lord. My fingers are supple and... I, and I imagined myself as a 90-year-old woman playing the piano and wearing my rings and getting my nails done. I did that for five days. That was 15 years ago, and I have never had a day of stiffness in my knuckles ever again. Hallelujah. And I believe it is a true key to our breakthrough when we start to be deliberate To not only declare what God is saying, because we should and must come into agreement with what he's saying. But come into agreement with our heart and our soul and our mind. To fully love God with our heart, soul and mind so that we engage the whole lot in faith in entering into the fullness of his promises. Amen? So that we're fully engaged in what God's doing. Entering into the joy that he has for us. Hallelujah? Well, that's not the message. That's just a little encouragement. It's a good idea. Shaka masanda. First John, chapter 4. I want to speak a little bit more about love. God is love. It's who he is. It's his actual definition, which is magnificent. He's not someone who puts on and tries to be patient or, you know, is kind because he should be. It is actually his definition. He is love. God is love. Our wonderful Jesus. 1 John chapter 4, verse 16 says this. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. This is a stunning verse. So God is love. We've looked at that in 1 Corinthians 13. We read that love is patient, love is kind doesn't envy, it doesn't boast, it isn't proud, it's not rude, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs, it doesn't delight in evil but rejoices with the truth, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres, love never fails. This magnificent passage is actually the definition of who God is. So we could say God is patient God is kind because God is love. God doesn't envy. He doesn't boast. He is not proud. He's not rude. He's not self-seeking. He's not easily angered. He keeps no record of wrongs. Love doesn't, God doesn't delight in evil but rejoices with truth. God always protects. He always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. God never fails. And then the scripture says... It's no longer we who live, but Christ who lives in us when we've been born again. But as he is, so are we in this world. Hallelujah. Therefore, we could come into agreement with this truth and begin to say, if it's no longer me who lives, but Christ who lives in me, if I reckon myself dead, crucified with him, raised up with him, seated with him, Is it fair to say that I now have the nature of God? Well, of course, God can't be joined to anything less than what is pure and holy. He had to make us clean. He had to give us a new heart. He came and he took away our sin. He, he took away our iniquity, our crookedness, and he gave us his righteousness. That is his nature, his purity, and his holiness so that we could be joined as one to him. Hallelujah. Which means we have become new as he is now. So are we in this world. What's he like? He is love. Therefore... Catherine is patient. I am kind. I'm not someone trying to be kind and trying to, oh, yeah, that's right, I should be kind. I'm a Christian. God wants me to actually stop thinking like an outsider, like an orphan trying to achieve and trying to fit in and start believing that I actually do belong. I actually am part of him. And as part of him, I am now not a separate plant, but I am part of the vine. And as part of him, who he is love, I will produce his fruit, which is patience kindness. Hallelujah. All these good things. And so if we go back, it says, we have known and believed the love that God has for us. Amen? Amen. God is love and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. I've been looking at this word abide. What does it mean? If we get back a little bit to verse 12, 1 John four twelve, it says this. If we love one another, God abides in us. And his love has been perfected in us. This is another glorious blessing that we have of belonging to him. This is a fruit that we will see. We will just love each other. In fact, you read elsewhere in Luke, Jesus says, love your enemies. That's like agapeo. Love, not humanly really possible but praise the Lord we've been set free from mere humanness and we've become new creations given the power of God to actually manifest him who is love even to those who don't deserve it I'll preach to you, hallelujah we have power to actually be love, not people who are trying to do the right thing, but who do it because it's who we have become. Hallelujah. He says, if we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. By this, we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. God's spirit couldn't come and live in us if he hadn't done a work to make us clean. Hallelujah. Because he cannot have fellowship with darkness. And we have seen and testified that the father has sent the son as savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. So the word abides in the Strongs, if you look it up, actually is to continue, to dwell, to endure, to be present, to remain It's a a word where we are continually drinking and and living and being and continuing in this love. Ephesians chapter 3, that magnificent apostolic prayer that I love to pray that changed my life. Ephesians 3, 14 to 21, Paul prays for all believers and and for all the saints that we would uh, know this incredible love that passes knowledge, that the Holy Spirit would give us supernatural strength on the inside, strengthening us so that we could know what it is to have Christ dwelling in our hearts through faith. That takes a supernatural revelation to believe it. We've not just been forgiven. God's sacrifice has meant that he has come and dwelt in us. God in us. Sailor, pause and think about that. God in us. You need supernatural strength to be able to comprehend this. Christ is in you. The spirit of Christ is in you. That's more exciting than you're actually reacting. Like, oh! If you look at yourself and you think about yourself and you think, well, in me is a bit selfishness, is a bit of this, there's a bit of that. You are not actually walking in the faith that God has given to you to walk in. God says the just shall live by faith. That is, the righteous have to actively believe. God, I believe. I believe that as I have confessed my sin, You are faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. It requires faith. Now, I believe it's so important that we keep and maintain a tender conscience. When we do the wrong thing, we must acknowledge it and go, God, that was wrong. Thank you for letting me see it. I'm so sorry. But then we've got to have faith to believe that he says, you're forgiven. You are righteous, you are clean. Hallelujah. We've got to go the next step. I used to be really good at confessing my sin, but really bad at receiving forgiveness. And then thinking that it was somehow holy. What it was, was unbelief. Faith pleases God, not false humility and unbelief. Because it's the righteous who are as bold as lions, not the condemned. God's looking for us to be a people who actually believe Christ is dwelling in my heart through faith. That when I consider myself, I bring myself before the Lord openly and honestly. And if there is any wicked way, if there is anything that I am doing that's not pleasing him, I trust him to show me. I want to hear I want to remain in fellowship with other believers so iron can sharpen iron hallelujah so that we can walk and receive the truth in love from one another but that we can be confident that as we bring anything to him and have dialogue with him talk with him he doesn't reject us but he's already paid for it and delights in us, bringing it to him so that we can exchange it for what he delights to give us. Hallelujah. His righteousness, his holiness. So God's asking us to recognize what it is to continue in this love, to know and experience Christ dwelling in our hearts through faith, knowing that Christ is love. Love actually is on the inside of us already. When we've been born again, you've been given love himself. We love because he first loved us and he came inside of us and now love lives on the inside of us. That's why we now have supernatural power to love those that are unlovely. Hooray. Christ in us. Dwelling in us, God wants us not to just accept it as a cerebral fact, but he wants us to deliberately, emotionally, spiritually and mentally ask him for supernatural help to comprehend this on a daily basis so that we start to walk as who we actually are. You need the power of the Holy Spirit to have Christ dwelling in your heart through faith to get that revelation, not just once off, but every day, so that you can reckon yourself dead, not as an intellectual exercise, but by the power of the Holy Ghost, strengthening you to know Christ himself, the Spirit of Christ dwells in me, and in faith I step into that. This is the truth, hallelujah, of who lives in the inside of me. That old wicked nature doesn't live inside of me anymore. Hallelujah. I have been delivered from the bondage of sin. I have been set free from me. And I'm not going to bear and wear the definition of the lies of the enemy or the lies of the past. I am not going to be one that walks by faith in my performance, but I will walk by faith in the performance of the Son of God. Hallelujah, Holy Spirit wants to give you, he likes this, supernatural strength to understand Christ dwelling in your heart through faith, if you believed it, you'd get so excited about taking him places, you'd be thinking, Christ is dwelling in my heart through faith, now I'm about to walk into this shop, this shop is blessed. That's how Jesus felt when he saw the woman at the well. He said, if you only knew who you were talking to. He knew who he was. If we would wake up and know him, discover this one who is love, discover him by the power of the Holy Spirit revealing Christ to us and then believing this magnificent Christ now lives on the inside of us, we would genuinely be happy for the people we were about to interact with. Seriously. You'd you'd walk up to somebody and you'd have this inner smile thinking, it's a good day for you. And that's not arrogance. That's not pride. That is actually the attitude God wants you to have. That's what the righteous, the boldness of being righteous looks like. It's why he says, arise, shine, shine. For the light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Christ in you doesn't want you walking around with this attitude of, well, you know, I don't wanna, you know, be thinking of myself too much. I don't want to be, you know, puffed up. If you've even got those thoughts, you're not understanding in the first place. You're dead. It's nothing to do with you. You shouldn't be thinking about yourself anyway. Who's proud? Who's puffed up? You're dead. And you reckon yourself dead. You go, thank you, God. Oh, yes, that's right. I remember. Thank you, God, I've been given freedom not to walk in the pattern of the world, but I've been given freedom now to enter into the life of Christ. Thank you, Jesus, my life is gone, hidden, (laughs) buried with him, raised up with him. Now I've been made brand new. Hallelujah. I encourage you to pray for supernatural strength that you would know Christ dwelling in your heart through faith. If you would just start to dig into that mine. You see, Scripture is just a mine of magnificent treasure waiting for you to enjoy. Scripture is an invitation that you can either cerebrally acknowledge or you can start to dig into, taste, feast on, enjoy, apply and start seeing exploding as life. Hallelujah. Christ dwelling in our heart through faith that we being rooted and grounded in love that is established in him. So he who is love lives on the inside of us and we being also rooted and established, grounded in this love, may be able to comprehend together with all the saints what is the height and depth and width and breadth, the love of Christ that passes knowledge that we might be filled up to overflowing with all the fullness of God. God wants to give us supernatural power to comprehend the fact that we not only have Christ himself, who is love living on the inside of us, but that we have actually become the planting of the Lord. We are not separate from him. We've been grafted in, and he is the tree of life. Hallelujah. And the same roots that the tree of life has is what we now are rooted and grounded in, which is pure and holy. Hallelujah. That, that we are rooted and grounded in him. Hallelujah. We're not separate from him trying to measure up to him. We actually have been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, which is God himself. We have been transformed into the body of Christ himself. You can't get closer than being his body. His body is not some philosophical idea. Think about it as the body. My body is very connected to my head. I am one here. We have been made the body of Christ. That's astounding. You're not some separate person you have now become a new creation. Hallelujah. You have been made as one who is joined to him. As he is, so are we in this world. It gets good when you start actually thinking it through. See, we often listen to this sort of scripture and we go, yes, yes, I know that. But do you? Do you really know what it means to be abiding in, continuing in, living in him, having him who is love living and breathing on the inside of you and you being in him. He is in you and you are in him. The height, the depth, the width, the breadth is an ocean that you can't fathom but you have been invited right into the middle of so you are surrounded by the love of God. You are anchored and rooted and grounded in the love of God. You have him who is love on the inside of you. And therefore, you are not someone outside trying to be loving. You have become love. Because as he is, so are we in this world. When you start to get that you'll not only love others but you'll begin to love yourself he says love one another as I have loved you and he says uh, love one another as you love yourself if you have to if you have to love yourself the way that he loves you that's with a lot of love when he looks at you as the redeemed of the Lord he looks at you and thinks you are all together Lord. Angels come and look at a it's so beautiful. And then he says, with that same love, and the love you have for yourself, love others. But if you don't really, 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 really love yourself, I feel sorry for others. If you're going to love them with the same level of love that you have for yourself and you're so tough on yourself that you're always considering yourself, well, you know, I'm not worthy, I'm, you know, I'm this or I'm selfish or I'm that or I'm that, walking in unbelief, then you're going to be one who walks in judgment toward everybody else around you. With the measure that you love yourself is the measure that you are able to love others. Until you start to become a person of faith who comes into agreement with what God says about you, you will never break through in the cycle of judgment. Judge not, lest you be judged. He's saying, just stay away from that and come into love. Start to let me love you, find out who I am, discover my love for you, let my love for so overwhelm you that you come into agreement that faith is birthed in your heart because faith works by love. Hallelujah. It's just awesome. As we begin to recognize and let that faith, thank you, God, I am a new creation. And as we allow ourselves emotionally to come into agreement with God as to how he feels about us, It will challenge some religious ideas that you may have. Well, you know, shouldn't think more highly of ourselves than you ought. No, you shouldn't. In fact, you probably shouldn't be thinking about yourself at all. Because it's no longer you who lives. But instead, how about, I have determined to think about nothing. But Christ and him crucified. I have determined to know nothing, that is, to be intimately acquainted with nothing else but Christ and him crucified. That he has become my divine obsession. That I'm not going to be obsessed by myself and my performance. That is not loving yourself. That is actually judging yourself. That is is a dangerous road where you either fall into condemnation or pride. So you need to back away from that whole realm of thinking and stop thinking like mere humans and start to come up into the mind of Christ and go, thank God I've been set free from all of that. Thank you, God, I've been set free from me. Holy Spirit, give me supernatural revelation of Christ dwelling in my heart through faith. Help me to know supernaturally this love that passes knowledge. Help me to love myself as you love me. It's not something that will cause you to walk around with an inflated ego. You won't have an ego at all. You'll be so overflowing with who he is that you'll just be looking to love everybody. I don't know that you sound convinced yet. Jesus is so looking for people to get set free from the bondages that they have put on themselves that have limited them entering into the joy of their salvation. Redemption, salvation is better than you have yet understood. There is absolute joy available to those who would begin to enter in to the depths and the height and the width and the breadth of what salvation looks like. Salvation is love personified in action. Love is this, that Christ came and laid his life down for us. Hallelujah. He showed us salvation is something that we must enter into by faith and we need to not just just tip our dip our toes in but God wants us to enter into the fullness of joy of knowing the joy of our salvation which includes living and abiding continuously deliberately by faith in the love of God hallelujah Verse 17. Well, actually, let's go back. Verse 16 again. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. God is love. We abide in him. He abides in us. Or... You can float through life and forget the reality of what's happened to you. Remember in the book of James, it says, if you're a hearer of the word and not a doer, it's because you're like a man that's looked in the mirror and then walked away and forgotten what you look like. If you aren't deliberately, actively abiding in love, deliberately pursuing love, God is love. If you aren't seeking to know him, praying, Holy Spirit, give me wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Help me. The Holy Spirit has been given to reveal the Father, reveal the Son. Lord, reveal the Son to me. Give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation to know You who is love so that I can fully comprehend this incomprehensible love, this incomprehensible incom- knowledge of who You are. It is not a... a, a um, tantalizing suggestion it's an invitation that can be responded to and received and God wants you to so receive this magnificent revelation not once off but every day moment by moment morning by morning he wants his mercy to awaken your soul so that you wake up and remember thank God I've been delivered from me Thank God, He, Christ, dwells in me. Not a little bit of Him, not an essence of Him. Himself, yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. God, yeah. Himself lives in me, and I live in Him. Yeah. Then suddenly the Psalms come alive. Woo! Because you begin to speak things out, not as confessions that you hope will work, but as realities, you begin to say, who can be against me? Right. Because he's in me and I'm in him. Amen. Who is love, who always protects. It's the key to demolishing dread and fear and intimidation. Amen. Love. Love. Casts out fear. Verse 17 says this, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. When we read the description of love, there was no torment in there. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy, not shame, guilt, fear. God's desire, hallelujah, is for you to enter into the magnificent rest that he has for you, where you are no longer afraid of not being good enough, no longer afraid of not measuring up, No longer afraid of missing it, but beginning to just enter into a holy peace that says, thank you, God, you who have purposed it will also do it. Thank you, God, that you live in my heart through faith. So thank you, Holy Spirit, I have the mind of Christ. I now have access to the kingdom of heaven. The keys of the kingdom of heaven have been given to me. Thank you, Lord, that you have called me now to do great exploits. It gives you the capacity to dream the dreams of God because when you start praying and asking the Holy Spirit to give you supernatural revelation of Christ dwelling in your heart through faith, you'll begin to wake up and realize Christ in you does not dream of having a little life. Christ in you doesn't dream of getting through the day making it through this year. He was so excited about going away because he's like, I'm going to come and live on the inside of you. It's going to be awesome. My spirit's coming. He was excited about his plan because he was coming not to be contained in one one body, but in all of your bodies. So you can go everywhere. just to be a bystander who gives him a golf clap every now and then. (laughs) He's called you to wake up and recognize the glory and the greatness of the power that's toward you who believe. Hallelujah. Oh, what are you going to do with Christ? This magnificent gift. I've often said, you know, the parable of the talents, where one was given five talents, one was given two talents, one was given one talent. And the guy with five talents did a lot with it, and he was then rewarded. And when the master came back, and then the guy with five, uh, two talents, he did a lot with it, and he was rewarded. But the guy with one talent, he just buried it. And the master was not happy. But I think about it sometimes and I think, well, I haven't been given five talents or two talents or one talent. I've been given the son of God. I feel I have a responsibility to do something with it. The Holy Spirit in you wants to activate you to begin to dream the dreams of God, that you might manifest him everywhere you go, that every person who sees you sees Christ. That as much as you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto these my brethren. He says that as you begin to, to live in love, abide in love, everything you do suddenly starts to be fruitful. Hallelujah because it's flowing from the one who is love. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. We don't have to be afraid. Hallelujah. But somehow we're we're not doing okay. We should be concerned if we are allowing ourselves to drift away from really seeking him because it's only in knowing him who is love that his perfect love can cause us to live and move and have our being. It's only abiding in him where we can stay away from the fear that brings torment. When you start to forget what you're invited into, and, and, and stop responding to the invitation of love. The enemy wants to come in and steal your joy, steal your peace. He wants to plant fear. He wants to bring intimidation. So when you run back into the stronghold, who is Christ himself, and you say, thank you, God, I live in you. I, can ch- I choose today not to entertain the thoughts that would rob from me, but I choose to take captive every thought that would exalt itself against the knowledge of who you are. I choose you. You are life and you are love. Therefore, I choose to take captive all the robbers that would try to come, the little foxes that would spoil the vine." You are the vine, we are the branches. I'm not a separate plant, a separate tree. I am a part of who you are. But I thank you, Lord. I don't have to tolerate the little foxes that are going to try and spoil that all the time. I'm I'm not going to just sit there and passively let it happen, which many of us get tempted to do. We struggle through while these foxes are having a go at us. God's saying, hey... I want you to wake up. I want you to know I've given you authority over all of the work of the evil one. In this world, you'll have trouble. But take heart. I've overcome the world. As I am, so are you in this world. Get up and be the overcomer you've been called to be. Hallelujah. Tell them to get off. And begin to deliberately jump into the ocean. Enjoy it. Swim around in it. Live in it. Abide in it. Continue in it. For in that place... Faith will be activated, energised. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wonderful Jesus. He is so good. The Holy Spirit so wants us to understand this. Because when we get this, when we begin, begin to understand it, when we begin to then apply it, by allowing the Lord to reveal his love to us and then apply that love to ourselves and go, thank you, God, I choose to love myself. I choose to love myself today. God, it's not heresy. It's not self-focused. I love you, God, because you've delivered me from me. And I thank you, God, I can love me now because I'm not loving some failed um flawed person. I am loving the fact that you have made me a new creation, that I am the body of Christ. I have been joined to you. Thank you, God. I am patient. I am kind. I am pure. You can love that. But if you're judging yourself as less than who he is, you'll struggle to love yourself. But if you'll come into agreement, thank you, God. I have been crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I. I can love, yet not I. I can love him in me. And what he has done on the inside of me, he has made me beautiful. He has made me clean. He has made me the righteousness of God in Christ. That's not a little bit righteous, sort of righteous enough, you'll get through righteous. That is, the righteousness of God, holy, clean. Have you ever even let your emotions go there with that truth? Have you ever let yourself enter into the emotion of feeling absolutely not guilty anymore? I believe a lot of Christians have never actually taken that step to apply that truth to how they feel about themselves that if pressed they would struggle to say yes I really I, I really really believe I am clean and holy and pure because it just doesn't sound okay to say that and you don't walk around boasting because love is not boastful But if you don't know it about yourself on the inside, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. If you start believing that actually, yes, technically I'm the righteousness of God in Christ, but actually, you know, I'm a bit selfish, I'm a bit this, I'm a bit that. The judgment that you have for yourself, you will measure out to everybody else around you, and you will not enter into the fullness of what it is to live life and life more abundant. What would it be like if you actually start to bring your thoughts and your feelings, your heart, your will, your emotions, into line with the truth of what God says about you? You'll treat people differently. Hallelujah. Well, it's just a thought. I believe there's an awakening going on. Where God's bringing his bride from knowing about the scripture, being able to quote the scripture, reading the scripture, to actually applying it. To taking the basics of the the good news, the basics of the gospel, and just letting it become applied. Right into their very heart and soul and mind, into their everyday life, walked out in this the 500-year anniversary of the Reformation, I believe we're actually going to start seeing the just living by faith. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we say thank you. You are so good. You are so kind. Holy Spirit, I just ask that I can sense there's some people here today that you just know in your heart you you are one of those that have never let yourself Come into agreement emotionally with what God thinks about you. And I can feel the power of the Holy Ghost here right now, breaking off those shackles and chains. If that's you, just put your hand on your belly right now. I, I'm going to say, hey, <laughs> I agree with the Holy Spirit right now. that you are free. Lord, I declare, let the oppressed go free. That the lies that have contained them, Lord, right now be broken off. Father, I speak freedom. I speak life to them. I declare that they are not orphans, but they are sons. That they are not separate from you, but that they have been adopted, grafted in and become part of you who is the vine. Lord, I declare that they have become part of the body of Christ joined to you as one. Lord, give them wisdom and revelation in this truth, Father, I in your precious and holiness.